What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 10 of The Overview. I'm Chan Man V, and joined today, of course, by my co-host Shade, and Fish Sticks is back. What's up, guys? Oh, oh, oh. Wait. Yep. Yeah, sorry about that. Keep going. Sorry. <laughs> sorry no about worries. that. <laughs> I kept messing up my schedule, but here we are, and it's going to be an awesome episode for reasons that you probably could tell already. Yes, yes. Jeff Kaplan on the show. Yes, we <laughs> want to welcome, of course, our guest. Really special episode. And uh, if you guys know anything about WoW or Overwatch, then you know who this guy is uh, from Blizzard. Overwatch game director, Mr. Jeff Kaplan. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. We're huge fans of the show. We watch it every time, so it's cool to be here. Awesome. Well, guys, we don't have too much time with Jeff, so I want to just jump right into questions. Uh, everybody that sent in questions or sent your, your suggested questions on Reddit and Twitter, thank you so much for that. Uh, but let me start off. So we're going to take turns just i guess spraying you with questions or peppering you with questions jeff so uh, this should be a good time all right i'm gonna start off with maps so we saw uh, recently we had a new map you know route 66 which is a fantastic map um i wanted to see if there was going to be any more new maps or game formats added before launch not before launch so we're at the stage right now where we need to just tune and balance what's in the game um we are currently working on new maps um we're pretty excited about the new maps and as we said before we plan to new add new maps to the game post-launch and we're going to do that for free but um the 12 that you see in there right now are the the maps that we're going to launch with there you go okay great all right What's the process of coming up with new characters for you guys and their abilities? Um, and is there anything you could share with us as a possible ability or ability concept that we haven't seen in existing characters that might be in the works? Um, the the character ideation is probably the funnest part of the project. It's, it's an absolute blast. And we have a great creative group on our team. The team's about 80 people now. Um, so there's a lot of us and there's a lot of really cool ideas that come to the forefront. And... The cool part about ideas for heroes is they can come from a number of different places. So sometimes they come from a purely design um, place. Like um, Zenyatta was a good example of that. We have a designer by the name of Scott Mercer who wanted to come up with a healer uh, debuffer who could be in the back lines but not sort of getting in the fray all the time. Mm -hmm. um, we knew we had characters like Tracer and it was going to be hard for Mercy to you know hang on to Tracer or Genji. Um, so Scott did, it was pure paper design, um, came up with the idea for, you know, this guy who could put these healing and debuff orbs out and later just kept evolving. He, he named it, uh, cyber monk was the sort of name <laughs> of the hero at first. Oh, and then um, I'm calling him yeah. cyber monk from now on. It, actually internally, if you see his name anywhere, it always says cyber monk, but, um, <laughs> You know, Arnold Sang, who's our, our assistant art director, and he draws all the character concepts, and Chris Metzen and Mike Chu, who do all the story stuff, they really, um, you know, got excited about this idea, and it sort of turned into Zenyatta. But, you know, on the flip side, sometimes the ideas come purely from Arnold. He'll just draw something amazing. You know, Winston was probably the greatest example of that, where... We, we really weren't expecting a talking gorilla from the moon, but, you know, <laughs> when we saw it, we were like, wow, that's a really cool character concept. How do we put game design and story around that? And then, you know, sort of the third way we can get at, at hero ideas is through the story itself. Uh, 76 is probably the greatest example of that, where Metzen for years has had this idea of um, this sort of embittered, 
you know, uh, used to be a ultra heroic guy sort of fallen out of favor. Um, and he was actually playing a comic around 76. And when it came time to do Overwatch, he's like, Hey, I have this character. I think he'd be really cool. And then, you know, Arnold came in with his art and Jeff Goodman came in with his great, uh, game design. And we sort of brought 76 to life that way. So it really comes in a, a number of different ways. Very cool. Kind of along the same lines, um, as a support player myself, I'm kind of always interested in what's going on with new characters. Um, it's been said somewhere, I don't know what right aware off the top of my head, um, that you guys are potentially testing two supports internally right now. Is there any information on play styles or like kind of character development that you can give us on that? I've heard this rumor of the alleged two support characters in development. Um, I will neither confirm nor deny that. <laughs> Um, we do have heroes in development that we're looking at right now. Um, we know that there um, there are some niches that people want to see filled. Um, I think that there are still some support niches that don't exist yet. Um, likewise, I think there's the same in the the tanking category. There's there's some more room for exploration there. So we're exploring a number um, of different possible next heroes and what they could be. Usually what we do internally is we'll, um, we'll get them very rough and um, very much prototype form. I think people would be appalled if they saw how we played the game internally. Um, usually we won't go and like build a whole new character model if we're, we're not certain that you know it's a hero we're actually going to make yet. So Jeff Gibman, our hero designer, will take one of the other heroes. He might take Bastion or Widowmaker right. or Reinhardt and just give them a bunch of different abilities and then put different people's weapons on. And everybody just has to kind of use their imagination like, hey, is this going to be a great hero or not? But we are um, prototyping, uh, moving into pre-production on some heroes. We're still uncertain on what is that cadence going to be for hero updates post-launch. Um you, you know, I don't think we can update as frequently as a MOBA and maintain sort of the balance and integrity of Overwatch. So I don't think you're going to see, you know, weekly or even monthly hero updates. I think they're going to be fewer and, and uh, more far between. Hmm. Um, but we'll know as soon as we start doing it, we'll be a lot smarter as, as soon as we start getting the first couple heroes in there. Any abilities you're right, uh, working on, possibly? Just as a follow-up to that, any just concept that you've added to like some of these existing soldiers to try out. Uh, I'm sorry. Did you say any abilities? Yeah, any kind of uh, just unique abilities we haven't seen yet that you might be working on. Not not necessarily a full character development, but just an ability that you think is cool. I think um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different things that we're looking at in terms of what heroes could do in the game. Um, obviously, we're huge mobility fans. Um, we haven't figured out the right place for it yet, but we would we. Every hero design, we always try to come up with a you know Quake Three style jump pad. That was that's something <laughs> yes. we really really want to figure out. Um, most I, I just love the to, sound of this. Yeah, I want to see Reinhardt <laughs> flying through the air and then you know comboing that with charge somehow. Oh my god! Or all the, yeah. like the super obnoxious places Bastion could get with it. But you know that's not really a concrete design. We haven't found the right way to integrate that yet. But that idea has come up a lot and that's something we want to make work at some point. I think you just made a lot of people happy with the, um, yeah, well, I want to shift a little bit to uh, esports related question. Um, sure. obviously overwatch is multiplayer only. Well, you can play against bots, but it's multiplayer focused game, no single player. Uh, and blizzard really has not been shy about positioning the game as a competitive title. Um, so 
really, I just want to ask like somewhat open-ended, but also a little bit more specific in a second, like what does esports mean to the overall design of Overwatch? And do you guys watch the tournaments that happen on a weekly basis? And do you use that to help uh, tune your balance for the game? Yep. Um, so a lot of questions there. We definitely watch the tournaments. Um, I I love watching on the weekends. It's pretty great. I feel like it, like my weekends are this all day Overwatch affair. That's um, you know playing and watching. Um, and, too, and Jeff, too. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, it's it's also um, you know really exciting seeing the teams and the personalities starting to come to the forefront. Um, there's a lot of really exciting players. Um, you, we love watching them. Um, I love some of the interviews like, uh, Tivik just did that interview. I think it was last week. That was a lot of, um, or Pluppy as everybody knows them in Overwatch, but it was a really great interview and really fun to follow. Um, we certainly look towards the highest end competitive, you know, like the tournaments that are happening on the weekends or sometimes you guys run them during the week as well. Um, we certainly look to those in terms of balance, but we don't balance entirely based on that. So, we like to look at the game as a as a whole. Um, we like to make sure not to tune so aggressively that we're tuning only for the top end players. Um, in the same way, we don't want to do things. Um, there there are certain things that are absolutely devastating for low end players. Like honestly, if we wanted to make the game way more welcoming for low end players, we would just remove Torbjorn and Bastion from the game. Period. <laughs> right. Very very hard to balance for low end players, but. Um, we feel like they add a lot. And if we can get players over the initial hump, we want them to be there. Um, you know, as you guys know from the competitive scene, Bastion and Torbjorn, it's not that they get no play, but they don't get a lot of play. So I think those are good examples where they kind of, they're, they're not great on either end of the spectrum, but there's a huge middle that really loves those heroes. Um, but we certainly are um, trying to look out for tuning and balance issues. Um, I think most recently what the the highly competitive scene surfaced to us that we balanced around was Zenyatta. Uh, from day one, we were concerned about Zenyatta. We felt like he was overpowered and he never really caught on with the beta crowd. Um, he was not played very much. He definitely was not played competitively. Um, and we always felt like he was extremely powerful to the point of being too powerful and in phase one, we almost didn't see any Zenyatta play happening. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not sure what it was about phase two that changed the perception, maybe the healing of shields, um, maybe sort of the rise of um, the perception of Genji and Tracer um, or actual balance issues with those heroes that really brought Zenyatta into prevalence. But that really helped us um, accelerate what, um, you know, some balance changes that we felt needed to happen from the get go. On Zenyatta. So that was a good example where that was driven more by the highly competitive scene and less by the player base as a whole. Now, um, very soon we're going to be looking at Symmetra. Um, I know that. Yes. yes <laughs> I, I will preempt it. Um, so Symmetra is one that has been fascinating as well. So at BlizzCon, a lot of people remember us saying that Symmetra had the highest win rate. And Symmetra for a very long time has had the highest win rate. And early on, we weren't concerned about it because she wasn't getting played. She was actually um, one of the least played heroes in the game. Yeah, everybody thought you and, were crazy when you said the win rate was down. Yeah, high. absolutely. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? And, mm -hmm. and you know, we were looking at the stats for a while and wondering, well, is she the highest win rate because she's not played very much, but when people play her, they know what they're doing. So, you know, that's skewing the stats. But now we're sort of in the age of Symmetra where she's getting played 
on attack, on defense. She's getting played um, casually, you know, by the mid-core, hardcore. Every every level of player is playing Symmetra at this point. And her win rate across the board is is way too high right now. Um, so we're going to um, look at her shields. That's what we're suspicious of right now. And the nerf that we're about to do is we're going to adjust the shields to 25, down from 50. Um, which might seem like very basic. I've heard a lot of um, very creative pitches for, you know, how to nerf Symmetra, you know, make the shields go away when you die. Mm-hmm. You know, that yeah. one we were, we were concerned about because it will feel very weird to a lot of people. It's not something that's easy to communicate. Um, it makes the gameplay potentially risky for Symmetra players trying to keep shields up, you know, shield everybody and just go hide somewhere. So we, we just want to do a straight up reduction in the mount that the shields uh, gave. Mm-hmm. And see how that plays out. Because the question we have is, is it the shields? You know, is, is shields really the root of the matter? We suspect it is. And we feel like an adjustment like this will quickly surface whether or not the shields are what's causing that super high win rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's not, you know, I think we've proven throughout the course of the beta that we will revisit heroes. We're not just going to leave a hero in a bad state or, you know, nerf a hero and walk away and never look back on them. That we will really keep a close eye you know we want to keep symmetra fun and competitive but not one of those must-have picks or high win rates mm-hmm. okay well you took my question so yeah Lynn, <laughs> I actually go. um i mean kind of speaking to i guess the strength of tracer and symmetra and how that's kind of affected at least high level play right now and kind of the the beta competitive scene why do you think we see so many of kind of a double hero stacking um, right now, it's kind of been a thing for probably about a month now, I'd say, since we saw double Reaper, double Lucio, double Winston, and then the Winston nerf happened, and now it's kind of moved on to the double Tracer um, yeah, meta. And why do you think we see that so much? Well, I think, you know, we've allowed hero stacking to be a part of the game. Um, and we've had a lot of internal debate on, you know, should there be hero stacking or not? Um, certainly it would be trivial for us to remove it. It, It's one of those things you guys already know in custom game, you can already make it so you can't uh, stack heroes. We've been running some brawls lately where, you know, players see that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have a lot of options. Not only could we limit hero stacking, but we could also um, limit role stacking. And I don't see that um, discussed very much, but that adds a really different dynamic. You know, um, I see a lot of people, especially for competitive play, proposing, you know, well, don't have any hero stacking in the game. But I think, you know, well, what would happen if we got rid of roll stacking? Right now, I see a lot of double tracer, double 76. That would all go away very quickly. Um, I'm not sure it's all a bad thing yet. Um, You know, we're still in beta. We still have a couple months before we're live. Um, We can certainly change our mind on how things work. And, And the nice part is we can change our mind to do things differently for competitive play versus you know, quick play. Um, and of course we have brawls where we can kind of do whatever we want. Those are basically a circus, um, just to have fun. (laughs) Um, so I, I feel like, um, part of what makes overwatch cool are those moments where you do see hero stacking. If it ever becomes so prevalent that it's the only thing players are doing, I would have concern, but, um, I'm not sure if you guys watched, I think it was two weekends ago and I'm going to forget the teams. I think it was FBI and, I want to say metronome, but it's Metatron or I, I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher the name, but it (laughs) came out, it was a Lee Zhang point one and they came out with like four Winston's and a Bastion and they actually won that point. 
And I thought it was kind of the coolest thing ever because, you know, everybody had this like perceived here's what the meta has to be and everybody has to play this exact comp or nothing else is competitive. And these guys came out with this absolutely ridiculous Winston thing that honestly probably was only going to work that one time because as soon as you're you're keen to it, it's very easy to shut down. Mm-hmm. But um, it, those are kind of the cool fun moments, I think, that can exist in Overwatch. So while we can either limit heroes or roles maybe sometime in the future, I would hate to do it too soon before we really saw creatively what people were capable of doing and where things sort of settled down. You mentioned a lot of the really cool things that we've been seeing in Brawl as a game mode over the last, um, I guess, week two, week or two weeks. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you guys have seen that you weren't expecting to see from Brawl that you kind of were like, oh, we never really noticed that before? Well, one of the Brawls that I, I think was particularly awesome was the defensive one. Like, those all seemed very straightforward. Yeah. You know, just mm-hmm. offense, just defense, just tanks, and um, just support. And no one really knew how they would play out with, like, a large audience. You know, we did some internal testing, but, you know, there's nothing like throwing it at um, a lot of beta testers and seeing what they have to say. But the defensive one was really cool because I think it made you look at heroes in a different way. Like, suddenly May was your tank, you know, and you're, yeah. you're like, okay, who's our tank? Who's our support? Bastion can heal himself. Like, maybe he's the support guy in the, in this case. Um, so it was really fun watching people, you know, figure out how to take different points and, and play very differently. Some of the brawls haven't worked out so great. Um, in particular, we're unhappy with the headshot brawls. <laughs> I was going to say that one. Yeah. yeah, they're they they're not very good. Um, the McCree one was was not very good. The McCree one we just sort of retuned to just be McCree. Um, that part of it was cool and just being on Route sixty six. But we took the headshot part out of it, mm-hmm. and then we mm-hmm. sped up his ult a whole bunch just to see you know what's it like with a bunch of you know high noon McCrees all over the place. Like <laughs> that has some potential to be interesting. Right. Um, and then I think we're just going to kill the headshot one altogether. Um, we want to revisit it someday. Um, we'll probably look more into doing a headshot scaler um, and maybe a body shot scaler, like greatly reducing the body shot damage and greatly increasing the headshot yeah. damage. And that would make it so a lot more abilities work and just generally be more interesting. But we felt like that brawl was a bust. And, um, you know, the beta was awesome. The beta players were awesome in being so prolific with their feedback that it was really easy to sort of, you know, just cull some of these as, as we um, went through them. Okay, well, I just like, had a hard time with it because I have potato aims. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> okay, I'll get like one or two kills for each one. Okay, so let's let's talk about the, the maps from a competitive standpoint, and particularly the game formats. Um, I'll start off with the payload one. So there, there's been some confusion from the standpoint of uh you know viewers when they're watching competitive events as to which team is winning you know um when it's offense and defense and that that's where attacking and defending uh what current event organizers are doing is is more of a stopwatch that we've seen in other games like tf2 and obviously this isn't built into overwatch right now and i wanted to see what you thought about stopwatch and if there was maybe another more viewer friendly format that for progression on these payload maps that you guys are considering? Sure. Um, we definitely are considering a format that we're more excited about than Stopwatch. So, so first off, it's important to say that um, the earliest Overwatch tournaments that we ran internally, we were using a Stopwatch um, mode as well. And we tried a, a couple different versions. Um, we tried um, time base, which was sort of interesting. And we also tried distance base, like who had pushed the cart the furthest. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And we always had a lot of trouble with sort of the drama around the match and how it would resolve. Um, And there was something that always felt a little bit off to us about it. Um, And that's not to say that in the future we won't embrace it and hopefully, you know, make it better if, if we were to take, you know, I think like that really blizzard approach to stopwatch and say, okay, we want to put interface around this. We want to put the normal match drama around it, meaning like the music and the end of round and all of that. Um, We could certainly do that approach. Um, We wanted to try something different first. So um, coming very soon is competitive play. Um, And by very soon, I mean like in an hour, unless the (laughs) the patch fails. It's always um, after the show. Yep. Yeah, always after the show. I'm not complaining at all. That's amazing. Yeah. So um, we tried. We were going to get the patch out 9 a.m. this morning. We had some issues. It might happen at three o'clock today. Uh, Maybe somebody's going to kick my chair in a second and tell me, no, it's not happening today, but it should be in the next day or two. Um, We're going to try to get competitive play in, um, a.k.a. ranked, as a lot of people call it. Oh, yeah. And um, there's a lot to that. One of the things that we want to try... Um, so, so unlike our normal queue that we have for quick play, like in quick play, we call it a rolling lobby where it'll just keep playing matches until the matchmaker decides that it's no longer a fair match or enough people leave. But, you know, you could play six matches in a row in our quick play lobbies. Um, whereas with competitive play, you will, you will queue for a single match. And what a single match will be is if it's payload or assault, um, which are the attack defend maps, you will go um, one round as the attacker and one round as the defender. If you win them both, then you win. If you lose them both, obviously you lose. But um, what, we're, what we want to try is if one team wins as attack and then the other team wins as attack, um, it would go to a sudden death overtime. And sudden death will take you to one randomly selected control point from one of our control maps, and then you will play on that to to decide the winner. Um, There's a a whole lot to the competitive um, system that's going to get out there. There's a progression to it. We've done a big blog. We've done a developer update. But we feel like that match format could be very exciting for viewers in particular because it's very easy to understand. You're not you're not trying to track um, either time or distance progress anymore. Um, what matters is if you win or lose the match. Um, sometimes we use example. I know I know people love my sports analogies, and I yes. won't take crap for saying this. Um, but you know, I use example of the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is not who can score the first touchdown, and then the Super Bowl's over. Um, some Super Bowls have been amazingly high scoring you know, um, affairs while other Super Bowls have been extremely low scoring and that doesn't make either more or less interesting. They're just played differently and it meant different players were accomplishing different things. So we really want to see that drama of full matches played to completion. Um, and it's something we want to try and I hope we've proven to our community and our beta testers that if stuff doesn't work and it's not fun and there's a cooler version out there, um, we'll try that instead, but we think this has a lot of potential. Yeah, very, very interesting. Uh, I know myself and a lot of folks come from games that had stopwatch rule set. It certainly is the gold standard today. Uh, and I, on a personal level, like I am a huge fan of stopwatch mode, even today after all the tournaments, I, I think there's a lot of excitement behind it, but uh, definitely great to hear that uh, Blizzard is coming out with a uh, kind of more standardized 
rule set for for the competitive matches. And I'd love to see a tournament in this because I know a lot of a lot of competitive folks are going to have a gut reaction to this. Uh, I certainly did, uh, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, we should try it, guys. Just let's try it out. Let's see how it goes in a tournament <laughs> I, format. I'd be shocked um, if, if the competitive community didn't have a gut reaction to yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's definitely different. But I will say, we have seen in recent tournaments a lot of maps have gone up until the last couple of minutes. Yeah. Uh, you know, maps have been decided in over in the last in the tournaments this weekend. We saw a lot of maps decided in overtime or barely not completed in the night in like in the tenth minute or barely completed just a couple of minutes before. So it does seem like we're kind of shooting towards that 50-50 uh, balance, which you guys have alluded to many times uh, before. Uh, when you talk about map balance, you do talk about the fact that you're trying to balance for a 50-50 win-loss rate. Um, so actually, that's a perfect segue. I wanted to talk a little bit about the two capture point maps. Um, to be frank, not a lot of the competitive scene likes the capture point maps right now. Uh, <laughs> and you guys have been really uh, quick to go to uh, the 50-50 win-to-loss ratio as kind of your justification. Like, we, we see 50-50 wins and loss on a lot of these maps. They're actually yeah. very balanced. So that said, do you think anything needs to be changed or fixed about these capture point maps? I mean, a lot of folks think that uh, a single fight going one way or the other really just changes everything, especially if you win a f- the first fight as attack. Uh, uh, you can capture that first point and just roll straight forward. Do you think anything needs to be addressed? Um, are you looking at capture point maps right now? We're always looking at the maps, and, and it's really interesting how um, it works when you throw a population at it. Um, early on, no one can win on attack defend. Um, like you'll see this when we do open beta. Um, and in fact, the earliest threads you'll see in the, the open beta forums will be remove Bastion Torbjorn from the game, um, Temple of Anubis. It's impossible to win as an attacker on Temple of Anubis. And um, you'll actually see a trend in the stats that will happen over the course of a week. And it can happen as quickly as a week as players just learn the basic mechanics of the game. Um, and you'll see the attack defend greatly shift. Now, if we start to divide players up by skill level and we look at low skill player, medium skill player, and high skill players, high skill players do win more on attack than on defense. Um, on on the um, attack defend maps that we're talking about, low skill players do lose more on attack versus defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody sort of averages out more towards 50-50. So lately we've been talking about are there changes that we can make? And, and we want to be really careful with this. And we don't have any immediate plans. I don't want to freak anybody out. But um, we've been talking about maybe some of these maps could work slightly differently based on your skill level. Um, so either you know, strictly in competitive play, we could do uh, some slight rule tweaks in competitive play or work with tournament organizers um, at the professional level, like, hey, we're going to run Temple of Anubis, but here's X, Y, or Z tweak that we might make to the map to, um, you know, make it more viable. You know, some of it too, like even at the highest competitive levels where I said attackers do win more, um, it's not by a lot. Um, there, we're still seeing, you know, like worst case scenarios, 55, 60% at, um, attacker win rate. So it's not, it's not crazy. We were, we, we've had some horrible um, win loss rates over the course of the project. At one point, um, Watchpoint Gibraltar 
was um, only won by attackers at any skill level 30% of the time. Hmm. And that was before we had like the wow. first checkpoint. Yeah, so we, we, we work very hard to get maps close to that 50-50 uh, mark. And we have a lot of ideas of things that we can do to affect you know, sort of the win rates. I think the larger picture is um, you're right in what you said, Ben, that a, a really skilled attacking team, if they win that first team fight on that first point, especially, you know, if there's not a Symmetra, she's not set up her, or she has a teleporter and they take it out. Um, that point's going to fall really fast. Um, and we've sort of tuned those maps that way where the attackers have the advantage on the first point, defenders have the advantage on the second point. Um, but it, if it happens too fast, it can feel really short. You know, sometimes I wonder, um, if you're going into a professional level um, tournament and you're trying to look at a single attack defend map as being the equivalent of playing like a Dorado or a Hollywood, you know, maybe that's a problem. Maybe instead it should be like, hey, you know, for every one Dorado, we're going to do Temple of Anubis and um, Volskaya, for example, and see how that plays out. And I think maybe shifting the expectations that, you know, all maps have to be equal and said saying, you know, how, how much time do we want to fill with competitive play? And can we count, you know, wins and losses a little bit separately on some of these? So you get, do you guys see ever retiring maps like over time? That I, I think we should always consider retiring maps. I think, you know, we're going to have 12 maps for launch, which I think is a really great, healthy number. I think there's enough variety there yeah. where you never feel like you're playing on the same map all the time. Um, but also not so many maps where it's impossible to learn, you know, every advent, advantageous spot in the map. Like the first thing anybody plays when they play any uh, or says when they play any FPS is like, oh, my God, I don't know the maps. So I'm super confused. Um, so we want to make sure the number isn't so large that it's overwhelming and impossible to gain mastery over. Mm -hmm. Now, a couple of years down the line, as we've added more and more maps to the game, I think we need to start thinking about, you know, pulling maps out. Um, obviously, we'll be looking at the balance of the maps. We, um, we do a lot of surveys also asking players not only like which maps do they love in terms of gameplay, but even like visually, you know, are they responding to the maps? And I think you have to take that all into account. Like, does the community love or hate this map? And if so, should we con consider retiring it? But I feel like that's a problem or a question for us more in the six month to a yeah. year range than it is right now. Right. Um, one of the coolest things for me that's been in a recent, um, patch or update was the introduction of highlights um i've actually really enjoyed that a lot um it kind of makes me think a little bit about or i guess wonder what your guys's plans are for a replay system of some kind you can kind of see that how that technology would be kind of similar the ability to record highlights the ability to record an entire game is it something that's in the pipeline for you guys is it something we can expect soon um would it replace highlights or would that be kind of two separate things we're, um, we love the highlights feature as well. It was something that we thought of um, almost two years ago, and we really architected the game around being able to do highlights. Uh, kill cam was another one of those big features. The play of the game, obviously, and replays was one of those features that was very important to us. Um, if you look at other Blizzard games, you know there's always been replay support as well. So Overwatch, it's fully our intention to someday uh, support replays, it's a very complicated system, um, and it's non-trivial for us. Um, the, the sad irony to it is internally replays work. So when we play the game internally, we can watch an entire match from any point of view. So we're not far off from a technological standpoint. 
but there are some um, hurdles in bringing it to scale and and to mass that um, we haven't yet solved. Um, it's a feature that we really believe in, though. Um, I mentioned recently in another interview that I did that not only do we want to do replays someday, but the next evolution past replays, in my opinion, is like a theater mode. Um, I think uh, Black Ops did one of the most amazing theater modes where you could scrub the replay and pick camera position from wherever you want. So mm -hmm. those are all things we're very, very interested in. But we sort of have like this step of, um, you know, small steps to get us to the larger goal. Um, the next thing that we're focused on in terms of hi highlights and replays is figuring out a way um, for you to save your highlight. So if you saw a really cool highlight that, that you liked and you want to save it, like right now, those all go away if you log out of the client in any way, shape or form. But we want to make it so those actually get saved um, in some way. And then we have a lot of plans past that. So mm. um, it's just a bunch of steps for us. But replays, it's not like we're philosophically opposed. It's not that we're far off from the technology. It's just a lot of work to get it to where it could be a player-facing feature um, in the way that you guys would want it. But um, I, I hope we can get to it um, in the not-too-distant future. That's exciting. That's great news. Yeah, for that's exciting. exciting. <laughs> well, the movie makers out there are super happy yeah. and the competitive players as well that just want to go back and review their And their production demos. teams too. Or even for a production, yeah, yeah, for totally. an event. I think that's really important. Yeah. Okay, so the drama question. I have to ask this question. Uh, we we recently had a big, you know, just some craziness in, in the Overwatch community all surrounding the Tracer pose, which we refer to as buttgate here on the show. Uh, yes. I wanted to get your thoughts on how everything played out just I guess with the community and just generally and then would you do anything differently looking back on it and if so what would it be so um the the tracer thing was was quite interesting so as a lot of our community has come to realize um I'm in I, I I'm in the office a lot and I'm responding to community threads often on the the overwatch forums and what I like to do is I, I like to get into work very early um, and try to answer as many threads as I can, you know, usually five to 10 in the morning, then I'll hit it again at a couple times throughout the day and then hit it again at night. And, uh, uh, last Monday I came in and, and we had already been having an internal discussion about that tracer pose. Um, so there was a thread, um, discussing some discomfort with the pose. Um, there were some people on our development team who were not comfortable with the pose. And there was an internal debate going on with it. And also when we made all the hero poses, we made way more than we released in the game. Like only sort of the cream of the crop made it for each hero. Um, but that cream of the crop decision was very subjective. You know, some people liked others, um, you know, better or worse. Um, so the tracer debate was already going on internally. We had somebody on the forums who was upset about it. And, um, what had happened was we had a Monday morning discussion, like kind of a go, no go. Are we going to change the, the tracer pose with one that we liked better? And the decision was, yeah, like we're, this is an easy decision for us. Um, I think when people see the new pose that they'll feel like it's way more tracer. Um, it's still called over the shoulder. So you know, it's not a dramatically different pose, but I think it speaks more to the character of Tracer. Um, but the mistake was really mine. And I felt really bad about that as, you know, one of the few spokespeople for the game. Um, I didn't put a lot of thought and clarity into my comments that I made to the original poster on our forum saying, you know, hey, we're going to remove this pose. Um, 
I, I really stood by the statement that I said. Um, I think it's very important that everybody understand that like Overwatch as a game, as a universe, as a um, part of Blizzard is um, important to us that it's very inclusive, that we're not doing drastic things to make people feel uncomfortable or excluded. Um, but I, I didn't give a lot of reasoning um, behind, you know, well, you know, we have a pose we like better anyway, a Fitch Tracer better anyway. Um, I feel like this, you know, if, if you look at this as a game that's in beta right now and we're making the beta better, um, it, it's like a no-brainer decision to me. Um, but I think I handled myself poorly. I put a lot of undue attention onto the game, onto my team, onto Blizzard. Um, I ruined some poor Reddit uh, moderator's day of just having to close and collapse threads. Um, so I feel like I sort of dropped the ball on that one. I could have handled it better. Um, but I do feel like the game is better and stronger for the decision. And I still really stand not only by um, the decision itself, but, you know, by the comments that I said um, that led to this whole fiasco. Well, I think I speak for the community when I say we absolutely appreciate the level of transparency and communicativeness, if that's a word, that you guys have with the community. It's uh, it's definitely appreciated with us in the competitive scene all the way down to the to the casual guys as well. I shouldn't say down. Um, anyway. Down, wow. Someone's a little so, I think we can move on from that, right, guys? We're here. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen like this level of open communication from a game developer yeah. to its community ever. Yeah. I think. Speed and well, clear and just transparency. It's really amazing. Mm-hmm. It's super important to us. I, I mean, we recognize that um, the community, this game belongs as much to them as it does us. Um, and when it releases even more so. Um, and I think, you know, just trying to make the game better through the community's interactions, like even when the community gets negative and they're lashing out at us, um, we realize it's because they're passionate and they want the game to be better. Um, and we all have that like same goal, like let's make Overwatch as good as it, as it can be. So um, we love hearing from you guys. We're, we're very in touch and in tune um, with what the community is doing. Um, you know, everybody's second monitor has Reddit or Discord or you name it and is talking to everybody in the community and getting their feedback. And um, we want to do our best. It, it means that we're going to put our foot in our mouth every once in a while or we're going to say dumb, dumb things or we might um, allude to something we're working on and it suddenly becomes a promise when we only meant it as, hey, that might be cool. Um, so we'll have some mistakes by being this open, um, but we'd rather have that than the perception that we're not listening or we don't care about this game as much as, you know, the awesome community does. Well, we, we've awesome. probably got time for maybe one question and maybe you could give us some spoilers on the, the, the patch notes coming out too, or just the, the patch notes coming out. Um, but sure. then I think uh, you got this last question. Sure. Uh, so you guys have said that you're going to address the uh, spectator mode. Um, fully and have plans to to dive into it. Um, what are the main issues that you want to address and, and kind of fix, I guess? And can you share any ideas or concepts about future uh, improvements to spectator mode? Yes. So um, spectator mode is very near and dear to us. Um, we have in the upcoming patch um, very soon, hopefully, um, we have some really cool updates coming to it. So the first is that the um, spectator um, HUD overlay is changing um, in the next patch. Um, what we're going to do there is we're moving, uh, instead of the, the 12 um, hexagons that are at the, the bottom of the uh, screen right now, we're going to move them up to the top. They're going to become rectangular so they take up less space. 
Um, health bars are beneath each of them right now. We show alt generation, so you can see what percentage of alt people are at. We made it more obvious that um, people were dead, so you get the red X um, over them. We adjusted the color red to hopefully be more broadcast friendly. We keep trying on that, and we will keep trying um, to get better um, broadcastability on, on the color red. Um, so that's coming. Also, right now, when you spectate from first person in patch 103, you're unable to see the kill messages and the hit indicators and you know all the stuff that uh, a player would get in first person. Um, you're now going to get all that information when our broadcasters go to fir first person. You'll get to see you know exactly what they're seeing. We've also added uh, a clear in indication in the lower left where it shows the player's portrait. You know now that those 12 hexagons are, are raised up and, you know, no longer in the way and covering up the yeah. player's HUD. Nice. Um, we gave you a nameplate on, on the player's name as well. So um, awesome. it'll say the player's name and it will be team color down there. So nice. again, we have a lot more that we want to do with spectate mode. We want to do better camera trans transitions. We have some ideas for Im improvements to third person spectating like right now, no one really wants to watch third-person spectating because the camera is very uncomfortable in what it does. Um, and we have some ideas to make third-person spectating um, more viable. We want to do a lot of camera transitions. We have a tracking feature that's in right now that's not getting used very much. And we feel like once we provide um, better static cameras, um, that will uh, really enhance that experience. Um, but that's not coming in the patch. That's more future-facing um, also more future facing and spectating mode is something that's not going to just hit in one patch and then we're done. Mm -hmm. um, I think you can expect sort of constant update and evolution to spectate mode. But the other thing we really want to do is um, get more uh, traditional sports statistician control and display to broadcasters. So, you know, broadcasters have more insight into different stats and have a way for them to surface them. Um, more like a color commentator in professional sports. So awesome. So stats just, like we see right now in the game or just additional ones we haven't even seen? I think a little bit of both. Okay. Um, trying to give them, you know, let them surface what's the cool, interesting stat of the moment. Nice. Because um, they're going to have more insight than anybody. Um, about a week or so ago on the forums, I think you had posted uh, kind of a question to people wondering about their uh, custom awesome. crosshair I guess, preferences yes. and guess like color ranges and stuff like that. Um, so I've heard rumors of that being included soon um, in an upcoming patch. Um, what are your thoughts on kind of that, I guess, cu uh, custom crosshair options, higher FOVs, um, potentially being able to remove gun models? Um, it, obviously, that takes up a huge portion of your screen right now, mm -hmm. kind of those yep. things. Okay. Um, the gun model, we don't have any plans to remove that, much to the chagrin of many people. Um, <laughs> we're standing by that one. Um, the FOV, I feel like, is really wide. Um, we had a smaller FOV. We had a lot of feedback that it wasn't big enough. Um, we did a lot of adjustments. I think we're in a good place right now. I completely understand if you came from Quake 3 or TF2, it might seem small to you. If you came from any other game, it seems um, pretty massive what we have right now. It's a very subjective de debate. Um, I know people uh, have an issue with the magical number 103 and how do we come up with that. But um, it's, it's one that we feel comfortable with. The game is not uh, unplayable. I think there's a lot of hyperbole around it right now. You know, oh, 
game's unplayable because of you model and the FOV. And I think um, the game is super fun and super playable, and it's not really hindering anybody's experience as much as they're claiming. Um, our assistant game director, Aaron Keller, said this funny statement at one point. He's like, you know, we're making a game, not an app. You know, we don't want to turn off all the textures. And I think if we left some players to their own device, um, they would literally turn off everything <laughs> oh in the game. Give me oh, yeah, click. definitely. I mean, yeah. this is a staple of previous <laughs> FPS games. Give me a click um. simulator of how fast <laughs> I can click and just let me know that I'm better than the other guy. But we are trying to create a fun, uh, immersive experience. Now, the reticle stuff, I think um, players are going to be extremely pleased with it, I hope. Um, we are going to add, um, I forget how many colors, it's somewhere in like the 6 to 10 range of color selections. Those were all pulled directly from the thread uh, mm -hmm. from the community. We just listened to what they said um, of the color options that they wanted. Um, and then we also give you a number of crosshair options. You can use the defaults. You can use a small dot in the center of the screen. You can use a small crosshair in the center of the screen or um, a normal size crosshair, like think like 76 in the middle of the screen. Um, and then you can also disable or enable the bloom on any of the characters. So if you want the crosshair representing the actual spread of the gun, you can do that. Or if that annoys you and you just want, you know, the small crosshair in the center of the screen, um, you can disable the bloom, including like on 76, you can disable the bloom. And then those crosshairs are all settable, settable. I'm not sure that's a word. <laughs> and set those sure. on a per hero basis. And the per hero key bindings and controls are coming in the patch as well. So that's, you know, Widowmaker zoom sensitivity, toggle on the scope, um, toggle sprint on 76. Uh, for Hanzo and Genji, if you if you want them to auto wall climb, meaning you don't want to hold space bar down, I think we have a toggle on Mercy Beam. Um, so all those options are coming as well. So you can really like customize your experience. I, I need to warn players. There's a couple bugs in there with the persistence. is actually a very complicated system. So like um, there's a couple crosshair bugs still lingering in there. Um, we know about them and we'll fix them, but we want to get the feature out as quickly as possible to people. I also know that in terms of colors, the number one thing people said, like I said, hey, what color do you want? And they said, just give me the color picker. I'm like, well, we can have colors in the next patch if you just give me some colors or you know the color picker there's it's not on the immediate horizon but you know someday down the line we're, we're it's not like we're opposed to the color picker it's just it's a lot more work and it's not something we <laughs> want to get to so before people freak out about the bugs and the color picker just had to say that all right. Well, I think that I, everyone is pretty happy with yeah, all of those, I think all so of those too. things. <laughs> I think cool. so too. Yeah. Um, I guess Jeff, is there any any additional things to the patch that you, I mean, you just list, you just answered a bunch of questions that involved a lot of things coming out in the patch. But I was wondering if we could maybe get just some spoilers on on some of those before everybody sees them in a few hours. Sure. I think um, you know one of the coolest things is um, we're still adding skins to the game. Our goal is to have two legendaries for every hero. Um, I'm sorry, four legendaries for every hero by the time the game launches. So you're going to see a lot more skins come into the game. Um, we also had gotten some feedback recently that like the the base Lucio skins weren't very interesting. The the rare ones, the blue ones. Um, so those have all been redone. So those are coming in. Um, we did some changes to Mercy, um, largely quality of life, but they might affect balance a little bit as well. Um, so we made it so she can cancel her guardian angel, um, which should be good. Um, we also made it so you can cancel May's ice wall, which was something that people asked 
a, a lot for. Um, so that's going to come in. Um, guardian angel distance was increased a little bit. I believe it was five meters. Nice. Um, oh, nice. It, this is epic. Good, yeah, it's a good shot. I'm shame. so happy right now. <laughs> 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 just made uh, Shay's day. Nice uh, support support buff. So I think um, you know, there's some good quality of life for um, Torb and Mercy, who are the two heroes that um, weapon switch. Um, we're going to reload your weapon when you put the other one away. So now if you know you put the the pistol away when you're at the bottom of your clip and then you pull it out the next time, it'll just be reloaded. So, you know, we try to do a little bit of quality of life there as well. So that's coming in. Um, obviously I think one of the things that a lot of people are going to be excited about is they can start a custom game up and play, um, with 60 Hertz servers. I think that should be a lot of fun. Yes. Um, yes. we've refined some of the brawls. Um, I think you'll just see some general improvements, um, across the game. So, Obviously, lots of bug fixes, too. That's kind of the mode. We're really getting into, like, stabilize and bug fix mode. Mm -hmm. um, and then future development post-launch is kind of where we're at right now. Awesome. Serious well, question. I feel who, like it's Christmas right now. Who made, who, <laughs> competitive play. Competitive play, There's like I said, there's a dev update. I screwed up in the dev update. Uh -oh. So I say something about losing tiers. You have to ignore that. I, I, I was incorrect. Because okay. um, we had debated it multiple times. I know you guys don't know what I'm talking about right now. But um, I stand correct. You can't actually lose tier. You can only lose division. That means nothing to you right now. But when you watch the dev update and when you um, read the blog, I think it will make a lot more sense. And we know competitive has issues right now. We know it's not the final shipping version of competitive. But we really need the community's feedback, and we really need that beta testing. So I hope people are patient with us with sort of a work-in-progress version of competitive mode. So serious question. Did you help Tim and Phil make those Farrah models that we saw in the videos? The I, videos I, was in the, I was in the room when they were doing that. And first of all, I'm so proud of those guys because it's very daunting like to sit there. And I think they talked for 17 minutes. Um, you know, they, they were unscripted. They were, these are just two guys talking about what they know and love and what, what they do for a living. And I thought they did so fantastic. And the weirdest part is originally they had this very low like coffee table and the shot just looked really weird because they looked like giants, you know, over these little paper cups. So somebody made the suggestion to raise the table. And then um, now, like next time you watch, if you if you watch Tim and Phil again, like imagine you're the bartender at a bar. <laughs> And they're like sitting there waiting for their drink. And I, I can't help but to think of it that way. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, Jeff. That was a pretty awesome update, by the way. Yeah. Love the, uh, uh, that stuff isn't really easy for a lot of people to understand. So great to break well, it down a, to the cups. Yeah, they did a great job <laughs> explaining it. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, we, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. We, were, we were really stoked because um, it's a very complicated subject. I think a lot of people just assume, I mean, this, this kind of goes across the game. People assume, you know, I loved X, Y, or Z shooter in the past. Why isn't Overwatch exactly like X, Y, or Z shooter? And yeah. the truth is we're in a different time and era. You know, there's a lot different technologically. Um, from a design standpoint, we're not trying to be Quake 3. We're not trying to be Counter-Strike. We're not trying to be Call of Duty. We're trying to be our own game and have our own unique niche. And, um, you know, Tim and Phil in particular, as the netcode discussions started happening, th there was a lot of concern because people didn't really understand. There was a demand without an understand of what they were asking for. And there were some amazing posts on Reddit from some uh, individuals. Yeah. I, I, terrible. I don't know the, the gentleman's name, but there were two guys who really understood network engineering 
um, and knew what it was all about and sort of, I think, cleared the air with everybody. Um, and we were so relieved when that when those posts happened. But we felt like, you know, we owed it to the community to really have the open dialogue with them as well about, you know, where we stood and um, what we wanted to try in the future. And, you know, this is just the first step. We'll see what everybody thinks when the patch goes live and um, see how they're feeling about things. Well, I feel like I think we've run like yeah, way over yeah. the initial time that we were allotted. <laughs> yeah. But so one quick, one last, one quick last question, question. It just came into my head. Still, will the competitive, uh, competitive mode will that have the sixty tick, sixty hertz servers? <laughs> not, not right away. So okay. we're in very much a wait and see mode with the um, sixty tick. Um, it's really it's, the the servers are always at 60, 60 tick. It's it's the client that we're talking about. The client, right? right. right. Yeah. And um, we're at wait and see mode with custom game. We want to see, um, you know, what people's reaction is. Yeah. It, is it a dramatic, noticeable difference? Um, and then we're we're also gathering a lot of statistics and data on our end. You know, what does it look like for us to be running this? Um, so uh, it's really a first step. Um, we have a lot of plans of things that we'd like to do, um, but I think it's a little bit preemptive at this point to say, you know, is this the way things are going to be in the future for everything? Um, I, I would definitely not say no, um, but it's it's too soon to say yes at this point. Okay. Well, Jeff, yeah, I know you're a busy man, so like, thanks so much for coming on the show. I uh, had a great time getting a chance to. Answer, well, I think we all had a great time getting a chance to an ask you a lot of questions, and hopefully, the community had got a lot of answers too. Um, but any shoutouts you want to do before you get going? Shout out to you guys. You know, this is awesome. We watched the show. Um, we watch the show every time. So it's, it's super exciting for us, you know, to be a part of it. And, you know, just know that all of Blizzard is um, really excited to be a part of the community and just be a part of the discussion with you guys. So thanks for, we, we realize how much support, you know, not only are you guys putting behind it, but everybody who's organizing tournaments, making fan sites, um, participating in the discussion, whether it be on Reddit or some other forum. Um, we just really appreciate it. It's, it's pretty awesome. We're not even launched yet. Um, and to have so many people be a part of the family is is pretty fantastic. So thanks everybody out there. Jeff, I would just say that we would do it regardless, but to hear that from That's you, right. it really is vindication for a lot of the folks that have been pouring a lot of time and effort into scrimming, running tournaments, mm -hmm. running these fan sites, you know, helping out the competitive side. So uh, we thank you for coming on the show, and the fact that you watch these events uh, just means a lot to us. So yeah, they're fantastic. Well, thanks guys. All right, guys. Well, we're going to continue. On. We've got a few other topics to talk about once uh, Jeff peaches out here. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. All right, guys. We are back. And, man, that was fun, guys. <laughs> guys that think? was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, I had the chance to meet Jeff when I was at Blizzard campus just a couple of weeks ago. And I, I got to admit, I actually knew the answer to some of those questions. Where I'm like, <laughs> do you watch the tournaments? I knew the answer was yes. They do really watch those tournaments. But I wanted you guys up there to know right. how much they care about the competitive community. So hearing that straight from him was awesome. Yeah. 
Well, still have a few things covered. We covered a lot, actually, with a lot of those questions, but um, didn't really get a chance to touch on the short. You know, he's a busy guy, so I mean, if we had our choice, we'd sit here for hours with Jeff, and, and I'm sure you guys would love it. But he has to make a game. You know, there's, there's things he has to work on, obviously. Uh, but <laughs> there was a, an animated short, a new one, which uh, came out this past weekend on Sunday. Uh, this one was on PlayStation.com. You know, the first one was on Xbox.com. So we kind of kind of see where their marketing's heading. I'm thinking the third one's probably going to be PC oriented on maybe Battle.net. But uh, what'd you guys think of the animated short? Shade. I thought it was amazing. Yeah. It was really yeah. really good. I had a lot of fun watching it. I watched it like three times, I think, and I'm probably going to keep watching it. Like, <laughs> I've watched it so at least good. ten times. Yeah. I think, so. I, think I almost <laughs> cried at yeah. one point. Like. It was definitely good. The action was sick. Um, spoilers. I feel like if you're watching this show, there's a 98% chance that you've seen it already. Well, but it's, it's the moment right where now. Widow make <laughs> no. Widow. Oh, okay. The moment where Widow fires the bullet and Tracer disappears the moment before, but it actually goes to the uh, the Omnic. Uh, that was pretty sick. Um, so overall, great. The uh, the dialogue a little weird. I didn't love the dialogue, but the action was sick. The emotions were sick. The music was sick. The animation was sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and having like having this whole side to the game is just it can only help everything else. You know, I I mainly care about esports, but having that aspect is just going to bring more and more people into the community, which uh, we, we got to be happy about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Blizzard cinematics have always been amazing, but I feel like for some reason the Overwatch ones are above and beyond anything they've ever done before. StarCraft's pretty awesome, too. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I mean, the StarCraft cinematics are amazing. Just a different style, though. This one, this one's probably more uh, accessible to a larger demographic. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm really excited. Yeah, I mean, these, honestly, like, if they made these regularly, I'd probably be, you know, like, I love the game, but I think I love these, like, almost as much, you know, it's just a different form of entertainment, right? I mean, it's, you know, it's, of course I have my gaming side of myself, and then I have just, like, more, like, TV shows, stuff. and this would be perfect for that side of my my uh, interest. Uh, so I'm hoping they come out with, you know, obviously do these shorts for a period of time, and then maybe, man, if, if obviously the Overwatch is successful, like, plan a movie pretty soon, because this would be an amazing movie. I mean, that movie. would be so much work. That's it would be, but an insane amount of work. I know. So hopefully, Overwatch is very, very successful, and then they can grow the team that will end up being able to uh, build a movie back down the road. It'd just be awesome. Uh, <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, next up, we uh, so we touched a little bit on the sixty tick change that they're making and you know they had a video we we you know kind of touched on the video too that they made but um it was a great video i think it explained exactly the net code that's you know just the what's going on with the net code just the specifics and they explained it in a very very understandable way too because i i've had like maybe 10 people tell me that wow that that video is, was fantastic you know like i i totally understand it a lot better now and on top of that they're improving it right with the sushi tick on the client side so uh ben i know you have like strong opinions on this yeah well i just want to say something specifically i want to address everybody who goes the net code in this game is terrible because i die around corners sometimes or i blink (laughs) and i still die yes that's frustrating we know that's frustrating but as somebody that's been an fps gamer since 1998 i think yes 1998 it's way better to sometimes die around a corner, but hit people that you see, you you, you see them, you, your crosshairs on their head, you shoot, you hit them. It's way better to have this experience than 
what you know FPS gaming was for the first 10, 15 years, where you would have to, instead of sniping at their head, you'd have to snipe where they're going to be in a second. I mean, that's literally how Tribes, Quake, all these games, that's how the netcode used to be back in the day. Um, so uh, frankly, like you wouldn't even consider doing uh, cross-continent play in something like Quake 1v1 because it's just awful. It's a really bad experience. So uh, just getting that full explanation of why you do sometimes have these confusing, frustrating moments is good because people need to understand that uh, client client side hit registration, or I think as they call it, favoring the shooter, um, is is actually a way better experience. And I think I can say that unequivocally. It's just better. So, yeah. Shade, any thoughts on the the change or what you've been hearing? I mean, from a lot I of haven't. I mean, I've definitely been hearing a lot about <laughs> it, and it's all been really, really good. I haven't had a chance. I watched like the first five minutes of the video, and then I think I ended up just falling asleep because I was watching it my phone in bed. But um, <laughs> I want to finish watching the whole thing. But yeah, I've pretty much been hearing like nonstop people freaking out about how excited they are to see that. So yeah, I hope they can bring it into like all of the game modes and not mm-hmm. just custom games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they have to have a some t- type of testing phase, and so I can totally understand why they're just doing it in custom for now um, and work their way at least to to just the general uh, the general game. Or just the ladder, just ladder matches and quick play. All right. Well, um, I was going to do a Q and A, but I think that we've we've kind of filled, you know, just filled the time quite a bit. But do you see any questions? Maybe we can take some quick ones if you guys have any for us. Actually, no. We have a whole competitive recap that we haven't done. What am I talking yeah. about? Oh my gosh! I almost <laughs> missed, just had a I almost missed attack, the like, entire thing. Like, what am I doing? Exactly. This is fish sticks part. Uh, ben, you want to know? It's just it's there? just the part of the uh, show where we talk about how <laughs> it's just IDD. A- is still dominating the entire scene. It's getting closer, um, man. So it's getting closer. It's getting a little bit closer. Yes. It's getting a little bit closer. Um, but as usual, it's another week in Overwatch, which means we had at least three, potentially like five different tournaments taking place because yes. that's just how much stuff there is going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first one to call out is kind of cool, uh, which is yeah. Melty ended yes. up winning the first ever Overwatch LAN event at Gamers Assembly in France, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um it wasn't a it wasn't a huge tournament with like a lot of top teams, but it was the first land tournament ever, so that's kind of notable, I think, and interesting. And then it was also a three thousand dollar prize pool, so Melty just won the biggest tournament in Overwatch history in terms of prize. It was cool. Pool. I mean, did you watch it all? There was like a stage, and I mean, it, yeah, it I didn't gave get you a chance a, to unfortunately. Really? It, it it was staged pretty well too. It, it kind of really it was a good representation of what we might see in the in the future or the hope, you know maybe the near future with Overwatch and competitive at, at events like bigger land events. Um, so they did a good job. They did the gamers assembly did a good job of staging it, and you know it was cool. You know they had a little. You know, trophy. I mean, it had a trophy and everything too. You know, when they won, it was cool. I mean, just walking up, you know, kind of like DreamHack style, big like a little island there with yeah. uh, the trophy. That was cool. Totally. This weekend overall was actually amazing. Yeah. The, yeah. Yes. The yes, GDNA tournament where it was Reunited versus Cloud9, I think, was yeah. the most hyped I've ever felt for like anything that's been done in beta so far mm-hmm. from a competitive standpoint. Those games were incredible. Like it did not feel like a three yeah. one or like well, it was tight. They were really close. Is it three one or three two? Actually... It was three. It's three yeah, one, sorry. right? Yeah. It's three one. Yeah. It's three one. No, it, it was both like GG, EU, and NA that were just sick. Um, had really really exciting finals, both including reunited. 
Um, of course, in the EU tournament, which took place on Saturday, IDDQD did take the win, but just narrowly against Reunited, who's been playing better and better and better and better over the last couple of weeks. They have come the closest to beating IDDQD since they started their reign of dominance. So seeing that was really awesome. Big shout outs to the Reunited guys. And um, yeah, and the next day we also had a lot of really interesting matches. Uh, just generally some of the more entertaining tournaments we've seen so far in the Ghost of Gamers Weeklies. Um, but yeah, Reunited did end up beating Cloud9 3-1 to in NA and losing to IDDQD 3-2. to So big shout out to those guys. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, then I guess the, uh, yeah, the final result is the ESL Community yeah. Cup. Flat Earth did take a 3-1 win over Melty. Um, you know, we could talk a lot more about the brackets, but I feel like we, we only have a little bit of time left uh, here. So... Is there anything that uh, really stood out to you guys about those those tournaments that you want to touch on? I didn't catch the ESL one, so I Jason probably be really mad at me right now if he was on the show, but but I didn't yeah, I didn't get a chance to catch those. I'll have to watch the the vods soon here. Um I don't know. Actually, there is one thing I wanted to talk about um now that I think about it. Um it's this team unknown. Uh very aptly named. Unknown? Uh because okay. yeah, they they entered the EU tournament uh, and it's some players that you should be familiar with because uh, they've played on a bunch of other teams since the beta opened, the first phase of the beta even. Uh, but this team is their first time playing together and they actually played really, really well. Um, they took a map off Cloud9 in NA, if I remember correctly, wow. in a best okay. of three. And I can't remember exactly what they did in the EU tournament. I'm trying to, trying to look this up real quick. Who's, but it's, uh, who's it's on the team? They AKM. were... They were 2-1 against IDQD, I think. Yeah, they took a map. But it was IDQD, really close. Right? Yeah, they took a cough, I think. Wow. That's crazy. Who's on, who's on the team? Uh, so you've got AKM, Wins, Crew, or Crew with a Y. Uh, SoonSM, I don't know SoonSM. Unko, who we've seen play yeah, seen a number of times. Mm-hmm. And Lenar, uh, uh, Lanadier. Um, so I don't actually know half of these names, but the other half I do know mm-hmm. um, from Shoot Mania, from from Quake, and from playing on a, like a myriad of different teams so far in the beta. But they played super super well. So shout outs to those guys. Yeah, it's good to see. Still good to see that you know some teams are still coming together and even competing against some of the top teams right now. We're taking some games off them. That's a big deal, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of tournaments, you guys have oh, got no. one coming up this weekend. Yay. So let's uh, let's get this up here. Well, talk about it while I'm trying to get this thing up here. Sure. Uh, so myself and Lynn uh, Shade are co-organizing this event with the One Nation of Gamers crew. Uh, it is a $3,000 prize pool, and it's the biggest prize pool we've seen for an online tournament. I wanted to say it's the biggest ever, but actually Assembly was also $3,000. But it might be because we have a match arena, so you can still donate to that. Um, but the general idea behind the tournament was to aggregate the best teams in North America and Europe uh, in an invitational. So it's a hyper-focused eight-team invitational mm-hmm. in a double elimination bracket. Um, you know, single elim is kind of a necessity for a lot of the larger online tournaments. Um, but uh, we wanted to focus in on these teams and show how great they are uh, and how exciting Overwatch is at a high level. Uh, so we did that by inviting eight teams. And uh, I think, did you get the brackets up? Yep, okay, they're up there. They are. there. Yeah, so of course you've got IDDQD, Reunited, uh, Envious, Cloud9, Luminosity, Melty, Flat Earth, Life of Hanzo. Uh, did I forget anyone? 
uh, that's about it. And that's and Cloud9. I said Cloud9. Yeah. So it's basically like all the best teams. Um, it's going to be in my my hope is like it's going to kind of define who's like the king of the uh, of the closed <laughs> beta right now. Um, it's been IDDQD, but we've seen Reunited come closer than ever. Uh, and the fact that it's going to be double elimination means it's a little bit more fair. Um, you know, we did have a lot of uh, a lot of there was a lot of contention with the seating. You know, we went back and forth a lot of times. Um, but the fact that it's double elimination, uh, we think mitigates that a bit. Uh, and another thing that we're really trying to do in this match or in this tournament is broadcast every single match. So we're actually working with Jason Kaplan, uh, and I think Todd is going to have his casting debut what? Uh, from the ESL studio. Yes, really? Todd is going to be <laughs> oh casting gosh. Overwatch. Okay, all right. Uh, who's a StarCraft and WarCraft yeah. 3 guy. Um, and then we're also activating the Gosu Gamers casters, so you're going to have ZP and Hex uh, also That's doing awesome. side streams. So we are trying to get every single match broadcasted for you guys. Two days of, uh, of action, uh, and I'm super excited for it. I know a lot of the teams are really excited for it. Uh, I think we're. I think it's going to be one of the coolest Overwatch tournaments yet. And obviously, we're a little bit biased because both Shade and I are like <laughs> co-organizing this thing with One Nation of Gamers. But uh, One Nation of Gamers has been really awesome to work with. Um, they helped bring in sponsors like Geico Gaming. Like, yep. Literally, Geico is sponsoring our tournament. Um, if you're outside of America, you might not know, but they're like a huge insur- insurance provider, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And the Video Game Voters Network, and then also our buddies over at, at Infinicine. Um, so I'll be posting a little bit more information about this and a power rankings pretty soon. Uh, but yeah, I mean, let's talk about it. I mean, the like as far as I'm concerned, it's like IDDQD is here, and then Cloud9, um, Reunited, and mm-hmm. Envy are all kind of like jockeying for position so i think that's really the storyline and then will we see upsets um but yeah i don't know you guys have any, guys have any thoughts on the tournament i'm super excited yeah i'm super excited too i mean that's it's gonna be a lot of work the day of but like yeah it's gonna be worth it it's gonna be really fun it's gonna be really- no it's these you know it's these events like the, these early events and you know we've seen it with ghost of gamers and we've seen it with even with dsl but like these weekend events these these i guess bigger than week the weekly events type of thing I feel like is, um, you know, we start to, you know, try to start establishing, you know, certain precedents, you know, for, for the, the scene and, you know, what, what the expectation is for a production, you know, what, what the bracket formats would be. So it's really exciting. It's like really great that you guys are, are getting a chance or have, are going to be pulling this off this weekend, having all the matches shown for once, you know, like for one, that, that's actually a big deal to be able to do that. So yeah, I hope um, we can pull it off. I think well, we can. Yeah, I'm pretty I mean, sure. I think. I mean, the, the worst thing that can go wrong is just the scheduling, right? Like, like some match goes yeah. over for a while. So, I mean, that's that's not the end of the world. It just means super long days. <laughs> that's all it means. Um, but that's cool. You're gonna have three streams, uh, and wow, that's cool. So we're gonna have Johan. So uh, last time I heard, Jason was like, you guys only had one stream. So all of a sudden now you have three streams. That's freaking awesome. It's amazing. Well, yeah. Jason was unsure, I think, because yeah. Mitch wasn't able to cast with him. Right. So he had to find somebody that would be able to go to the studio with him and cast. And I guess he found someone. So yeah. it's really exciting. It's awesome. Yeah. I actually queued with Todd the other day. I don't yeah. know why he was playing on NA, but uh, he was playing Widowmaker exclusively. I saw which, him. I watched him play. That makes sense. I watched him play Reaper, I think, last night, like at BlizzCon. Uh, whenever we were doing the that, that one event that we were all invited to, he was playing Reaper. He's pretty good at Reaper. So I'm sure he's pretty good at Widowmaker, too. Uh, so excited to see that for sure. All right. Well, yeah, and uh, it's kind of well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's interesting timing because I, I, 
I don't want to like jump out on a limb too far, but I'm pretty sure Jeff just told us what Blizzard wants the competitive rule set to be. <laughs> yep, I think so. We did we're too. already set on stopwatch. We're not going to change it last minute. Um, but interesting timing on that. I wonder, like, I wonder if Ghost Gamers is going to do change over to that that rule set, or if other tournaments are going to change over to that rule set. I would say that well, if I had known I this mean, was coming, nice. I would have yeah. tried it. I'd like well, to try. Let's just talk about what are, what are your opinions on it. Like, you know, we we were we didn't really go into it when when Jeff was on here, but now that he's not on here, we can <laughs> we can I guess give any kind of you know even negative opinions if we have any. I think it's going to be hard accepted by the competitive players. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everyone, you know, just even gauging by Ben's response and when it happened is you know, their hearts are set on stopwatch. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has potential to be really hype um, to not necessarily follow the stopwatch rules, but mm-hmm. to kind of go with, you know, a forced cough random point. I mean, that has a I, huge effect on the players yeah, because not is. every comp is... Like, not every cop works on every single Koth map, obviously. So if you're just, like, randomly thrown into a Koth map and you don't know what you want to play, it's like, what happens? It's just really interesting. Yeah, it's, for me, it's just really interesting because it's, like, a completely different... Like, it, it's like you're playing uh, you're playing basketball and all of a sudden you have to play football <laughs> to, like, just to, to um, determine who wins it when you're tied. So it's... I'm surprised they took that approach. It's a massive change, honestly. Um, it's huge. And I'm a fan. Of, I said it to Jeff. Like, I'm a huge fan of Stopwatch. Stopwatch is kind of interesting because if the game is not close, then it's so boring. Like, it's one of the worst game modes ever. Yeah, but totally. The, but it also, if the games are super close and the payload has three meters left to go and there's only 15 seconds, mm-hmm. that is the moment where I lose my mind as a caster more than anything else. So yep. I'm definitely sad that that is not what Blizzard wants. I prefer stopwatch mode, but I want. I really hope that the competitive community, I know a lot of you guys are watching right now, I really hope that we give this a try and don't just... Well, hate on it without trying it because like i said if you look at the results of this last weekend's tournaments a lot of matches were like really like got to the very end of the map and it was just barely completed and those moments will be exciting too um so but the the only the only thing that i am afraid of i guess is that let's say in the competitive scene most maps have a 65 to 70 percent win win ratio for the attacking team Mm -hmm. then almost every best of five is going to be decided by decided by that right um so that would be like the worst case scenario but if the maps are truly like really close to 50 50 uh, for attack then it could be great i i don't i'm not going to hate on it until we try it yeah no that's that's i think there's definitely like those hype moments that you talk about as a caster where it's like it really comes down to the last second i think you know, we see a lot of the 99% versus 99% on King of the Hill maps. I think that could kind of help replace the like last yeah. second payload finishes. So, mm-hmm. I mean, at least that's what I would hope anyway. No, we can get to 50-50. There's there's a lot of different. I mean, we could use a lot of different types of formats and have it be exciting. So, um I think that's the biggest challenge for them at this point. You know, I think either would would work well if it was 50-50 at this point. Um so definitely I, interesting though. yeah it's definitely interesting i i uh yeah I, i'm just like you ben I, I hope everybody tries it out and doesn't judge it quite yet 
Um, I think we'll have to try it out. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so we won't have I'm a choice, sure guys. They're implementing this for competitive mode it's in the game. Too, yeah. It's like. Yeah. <laughs> Writing is on the wall, boys. Right, right. So, um, you know, they'll get the feedback quick. They seem to be respond to feedback very well, as we've seen. So, um, yeah, let's just see how it goes. All right. Any other questions? Uh, I guess folks just ask some questions in the chat if you guys have any, because I didn't get a chance to take tweets. You can tweet it too. Tweet at ChamMV or Fishsticks or Shade OW if you want to uh, ask any questions. We'll take a few and then we'll we'll call it a day. Uh, let's see. That that uh, that patch is probably almost out. <laughs> it's probably coming out in about yeah, ten it's minutes. At three o'clock. So yeah, ten, ten minutes. Ten minutes from now. Uh, <laughs> Why does Shade look like May? Um, <laughs> also, this is okay. awesome timing See, because, so well, actually, did we explicitly ask Jeff? I can't remember. What? But if we're getting these new balance changes mm-hmm. and the 60 hertz servers before this weekend, like, that just makes the tournament even more hype. I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm really curious. I wanted to ask him. We kind of got into the next question after we talked about ranked, but I wanted to ask him what the. Okay like queuing rules are like can you queue with the full team for ranked can you queue with just one person can you queue with three people oh so yeah i don't uh, i guess we'll find out in like 10 minutes that would affect a lot yeah that's true oh guys hey what what servers your tournament gonna be played on uh we want this to be fair as fair as possible we also want to keep downtime to a minimum so we're kind of screwing ourselves over with this one but uh, we're going to allow the higher seed to pick first, and then the lower, or then the loser of whatever map will pick the next map. So if you lose the map, you pick which server you go to for the next one. So we could end up having to switch clients like constantly, oh, wow. okay. which is no fun. But we want to be fair. So okay, yeah, that is the fairest way you can do it. That's for sure. Um, Shade is very excited over the mercy changes. <laughs> yeah. do you think there's too much downtime between rounds with all the scoreboards and stuff um i mean sometimes Probably. i do i mean for, for us playing for so long now of course like we're always you know just we've seen it so many times that we i mean it'd be nice if it was like literally 20 seconds less but for your average gamer your casual gamer i think it's perfect uh let's see describe describe the current competitive scene in a nutshell Rule set, meta. Try hard. Try hard, These exactly. guys are trying so hard. It's insane. They practice There's eight not even much money yet. Yeah. There's no, they're, they're, these players don't even know what's coming for the esports side, yet the players are freaking playing so much. So, like, such a huge number of teams are just practicing that, all that day. That doesn't mean, so, guys, that if you're thinking about being a player and you don't have the game yet, that you should be discouraged, but... Yeah. Something other than that shell, you know, the players are tr- are trying hard right now. Like they're practicing a lot. I mean, I just can't wait to see them try even harder when there's more people for them to compete against. Yeah, that's true. Me too. Yeah, that's definitely true. All right, how about one more? Uh, well, there's one question about here. Do you? Is there? Well, actually, let me see. If there's another one. Okay. Re- uh no here's a question do you are there any heroes that you'd really like to see people are talking about athena or sombra these days mm. well we've talked about it on the show and a lot of people have talked about it but yeah. we definitely want to see a support first because there's only four supports in the game anything um, i've seen 
Well, okay, I guess they're asking about the actual... <laughs> this is not Ben's. The, uh, the lore character? <laughs> yeah, the lore I, I just want to go into what I want for character design. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I think Sombra is, like, the closest thing to Reaper, I guess, lore-related, so that would be pretty yeah. cool, because Reaper's mm-hmm. pretty mystical or mythical or whatever you want to call him. Mm, like, he's I'd very mystical. mysterious. Yeah, he's it's mysterious. definitely mystical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's mystical. Um... <laughs> Yeah, Reaper is very mysterious, and we don't really know a whole lot about him. But I think a couple of his voice signs mentioned Sombra, um, so I think that would be pretty cool, pretty cool if she came out as a support that was kind of like on the Talon dark side of things. Yeah. Oh, we didn't even get a chance. What, what, what I want to see is a support that can uh, purge, uh, so pur- could purge Discord and other uh, yeah. debuffs yeah. on your team, and then also purge buffs for the other team. Let's say Symmetra shields or yeah, just um, or. D- Harmony orbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people have brought that up. I'd love to see that. Yeah, our person. Yeah, they just literally have to come up. Yeah, either either skill base or yeah, even just an aura base would be kind of cool too. They have to come in, and they have to come and run by you or something like that. That'd be neat. Um, you know, we didn't get a chance to get our, I guess, all of our opinions on the Symmetra change too. Twenty five hit points. Do you think this is enough? I mean, obviously, we he mentioned some of the things that we talked about on the show, which was uh, the shield disappearing, you know, if she died. And I, I kind of understand what he means, that it's not, it's it wouldn't be super explicit as to, you know, what's going on there. And Symmetra's hiding. That's not like a great playing experience, too. Um, but do you think 25 globally is a good change? Yes. I mean, she needed to be addressed. Well, um, definitely she needed to be addressed. Entirely, yeah. I like, don't think it was the right change, but it's a good temporary fix. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to see. Mm-hmm. And guys, remember how Jeff positioned this when we talked to him about it. Yeah. It was, we're testing this out yep, to see if it now. was the Symmetra yeah. Shields that was the problem. And, you know, us in the competitive community, we think definitely, yes, it's making Tracer <laughs> right. too strong. Right. End of story. But, I mean... Yeah, I think it's it's a great change. Um, there's a ton of different ways they could have done it, but something simple like this doesn't bother me. The only thing that the only thing that gets me is that it does it still doesn't change the fact that it's like set it and forget it still with her. You know what I mean? Like unless your your teammates are dying and then you know so you have to re- recast it. But for the most part, the E is still used in the very very beginning, and then you just kind of go for a while. Um, I wish they would make it a little bit. I wish they would make it a little bit more shields. active. It's funny to see how many shields I actually apply during a game, because then I just take mm. that as like, okay, if I apply 32 shields, that means my team died a lot. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> like, well, okay, that's true. We that, had a that, lot that of deaths. Yeah. Um, but that's the only minor thing I would say. It's like, I'd like it, you know, like for her to have more stuff to do, you know, just, um, th- I think that'd be great as a support player. Okay. Anything else here? Oh, somebody's asking, does Reaper need his Wraith form to be cancelable or un- unpredictable? Good players that know the duration of this just just uh, pre-fire and kill you. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. It's, it's kind of like Maze Ice Block, too. I mean, it's it's pretty well, similar. Can, it's just... You can break out of that at any time. Yeah. True, um, true. But no, I mean, his Wraith Walk is a really, really good ability. Don't don't buff it anymore, no. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's my opinion. Yeah, no, I don't need to get headshot by Reapers any more than I already do. Yeah, I mean, it's shot. it's uh, it's not just defensive. I mean, you can use it in if you could break out of it, you could totally use it in a very offensive way too. So that would be too powerful. All right, well, I think that's gonna be it, guys. Great show. I mean, this is uh, 
Yeah, this is fantastic. And again, like having Jeff on here, it's definitely a real privilege to have him. Um, big shout out to Zovia for helping arrange this. She is awesome. Like I said last episode, she is the community manager. We don't deserve, we, we need and don't, or how does it go? We don't deserve, but uh, we absolutely but we need. Have. Yeah, but we have. Anyways, we need. Yes, we have and we need. God, <laughs> I, I just totally butchered that Batman, <laughs> Batman uh, phrase. Long story short, Kiki, we love you. Yes, long story short, Kiki, we love you. Uh, any shout outs you guys yep. want to do before we get going? Shade, you want to start? Honestly, or, uh, all, I've, all I've got. All I've got for you guys is, first of all, thanks to Jeff. Thanks to Kiki. Yeah. Hope to have more Overwatch developers on, whether it's Jeff or, yes. or Zan or any of the other Balance Tim, or more or whatever, yeah. guys. Mm-hmm. Would love to talk to more of you guys. Um, awesome to, to hear from you. And look forward to next weekend. We're trying to blow this this, this tournament weekend. up, the One Nation of Gamers. This weekend? Yeah, this, well, this weekend. Yeah, oh, this weekend. Yeah. It's in a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, uh, is, there's man. a lot of work left to do. Um, running an event is, I know it's not easy, but it always shocks you with how much stuff you have to deal with in the last minute um but i hope you guys tune into that mark your calendars it's going to be huge eight of the best teams over three thousand dollars you can donate on matcherino i can't wait i'm so excited (laughs) right we'll be posting more info on reddit um probably like tomorrow or something okay all right definitely look out for that guys shade got shout outs yeah i mean shout outs to blizzard overwatch team for like lending us jeff today that was amazing it was probably the coolest thing that i've done in a really long time was getting to do that so thanks to them for that thanks to chanman and fish sticks for hanging out today like every week i always have a blast with you guys super fun to talk about the game um and shout out to my stream and my lovely viewers you guys are awesome thank you for being here i've seen some of you in chat so that's awesome so i'm gonna go stream after the show so Right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be hosting. For, of course, uh, you don't have to go anywhere, guys, if you want to watch uh, Shade Stream. And yeah, lastly, I want to thank you guys, obviously, for uh, doing the show with me every week and, and always being part of the overview. Huge thanks to Jeff, of course, for coming on. And those of you that missed the, you know, might have missed the beginning with Jeff on here, you can check out the VODs at youtube.com slash ChamianV. Uh, I'll have them up as soon as possible. Like I'll be uploading it um, as, as we go here, or I'll be uploading it right as we, we leave here. So definitely check it out. All the other episodes episodes if you miss any of them uh, we've had lots of great player guests and you know jason's but jason kaplan's been on too just like um uh guest hosting for us too so you can check those out too on the youtube channel but uh yeah we should get that vod up yeah definitely we'll sure have it up as possible yeah definitely <laughs> check it out a lot of great information if you missed it so uh, i will get that up as soon as possible and then i'll tweet it too follow us all on, on uh, twitter at chamv at fish sticks and at shade ow and just to find out the latest. And then the show has a Twitter too, the Overview GG. You can uh, get the latest news on that or latest news, whatever we have coming up and all that good stuff. And you can find the show also. Audio versions are on iTunes as well as FeedBurner. I usually tweet those too. But uh, if you want to look for it on iTunes, just search for Overwatch or the Overview and you'll find it there too. Okay, guys. Well, that's going to be it for us, uh, for Shade, Fishsticks, and Chamman V. We will see you next time. Later. Bye. Thanks for watching.